looking forward to the discussion we're about to have because this this man has done so much already and has such a great story to tell. And we welcome Rich Clune to, to the show. Rich, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Hey, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank so you. we'll just we'll dive right into it too because the documentary is Hi, my name is Dickie, and this just follows your journey and everything that you've experienced through your life from from a young age through hockey making to the NHL. And I'll just first start off with just a brief synopsis of, of this documentary because it covers so much, but so many important topics. Uh, to you and your career and your life that what is this documentary really about? Um, I think ultimately this documentary is just about, you know, the more people that I, that I've watched it and that I've talked to after, there's a huge, you know, there's a huge family element involved in it, um, specifically with my brothers and my parents uh, and about, like, love and support. And I guess the film's just about a hockey player who happens to be an alcoholic and a drug addict and uh, came to a fork in the road and ultimately chose to get help and sort of outlines the steps along how I got to that place and then sort of uh, where I'm at now and where I've been as far as my hockey career. And Rich, I watched the film last night and coming from someone who studied film production in college, it got me thinking of the differences in how we tell stories and how those stories are received throughout different mediums. And you've been very open for years with your story. But in my opinion, there's a vast difference between storytelling in print and even in audio and then telling your story visually. So for you, was there maybe this untapped dynamic, if you will, that was there for you, not only while you were filming, but also when you were watching the film back after it was done. Oh, that's, yeah, that's that's a really uh, insightful acknowledgement, Glenn, and um, it's nice to talk to you. Um, I know we haven't talked in a while. It's been a few uh, years. I hope you're well. <laughs> yeah. No, man, I miss Nashville a lot. I loved it there. But to answer your question, um, you're, you're absolutely right, and as far as the process of the difference between sort of written word and an interview as uh, in compared to on-screen film, um, it's completely different, you know, especially uh, in, in the film, obviously I become quite emotional at times and um, it was a new, you know, I'd never done anything like that. And I've had opportunities over the years and um, yeah, I just felt like it was the right time for me. And I really loved the vibe I got from the filmmakers uh, when I met them and they had done some work prior and I really liked the films they had made before. And I knew they were just going to put their heart and soul into the film. And they clearly did an unbelievable job. Um, the choices they made and the selections and the way they wanted to go with it. I was really impressed with and um, watching it back. I watched it for the first time in its entirety the other week on iTunes and uh it was tough for me, and, and you know, I don't think anybody in general likes to watch themselves or listen to themselves. But I, I really enjoyed watching some of the other people in the film speak, and I just thought that you know, um, everybody—my brothers, the doctor, uh, Doctor Tarman, some of the people that I've met through hockey—it was just—it uh, was really cool. And I think that there's so much that people from any age can take away from you and how you choose to show up for yourself every day. It's a choice that you make every single day. And in the movie, you talked about the simplest act of waking up every morning and making your bed. 
and mm-hmm. how that in some way provides a sense of structure because you've already accomplished something, right? And so for people yeah. that haven't really considered something that simple when they're trying to become more disciplined, and this can be, you know, wherever they're at in life, whether that's becoming a better athlete or a better parent or overcoming a mental illness, anything, yeah. um, can you kind of expand on that idea? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part of the film's caught on quite a bit. And I think, you know, when I was, you know, 10 plus years ago, getting exposed to treatment and recovery and um, clearly showing up into these places in the lowest, you know, darkest point of my life and very angry and full of hate and fear and confusion. And, you know, they told me to make my bed in the morning and I basically like, it made me even more mad because I couldn't for the life of me fathom how this could have anything to do with the problem that I can't stop abusing cocaine and alcohol. And they just told me to, to trust the process. And I kicked and screamed for a while, but it's very difficult to, it's very difficult to process that sort of thing. And it doesn't sound very profound at first, but it's become, it's just sort of, it's very, it's like a, um, it signifies just sort of how you do anything is sort of how you do everything. And there's a guy by the name of uh, Jordan Peterson, who, who's a, um, you know, a very intelligent man that I've been exposed to over the years. And he, he talks about cleaning your, your personal space and how it's a direct sort of manifestation of your, your mental health and, and, and what's going on inside of you. And yeah, it's, I think for someone, especially a drug addict or an alcoholic who's very low on self-esteem and these things can affect your personal hygiene and just your, your order in your life, the simple act of doing that every morning as a habit, it's really become something that I, I can't even live without. It would just feel wrong if I didn't do it. But, um, you know, it might sound stupid like you referenced, but it really does trigger my brain and prime my brain to be able to make decisions throughout the day. There's another there's another part in treatment that I remember we, there was a rule that we had to shave every morning. Um, you had to be clean shaven with a razor. And similar to the bed thing, I just thought that it was just like, you know, another control thing and, and, and they just wanted to have ultimate power over us and I was, you know, clearly not seeing things straight and, um, you know, the weeks go on and go on and go on. And I finally, I kind of clued into this myself. And I remember asking one of the counselors, I said, do you guys make us shave because you want us to look in the mirror every morning? And he said, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because a lot of people, when they're so depressed and angry and addicted and all those things and suicidal, they don't want to look in the mirror. And that one habit of making a shave, and obviously, you know, they want us to look presentable, but eventually you look in the mirror every morning and you, you like, I think halfway through my treatment, I actually started to like what I had seen because I really didn't look in the mirror for the longest time. So it's little things like that. It was, you know, very, almost like Zen Buddhist, like, and um, it, you know, even now more so than ever, these things are so important to me and there's a whole other side of it, but these simple things I think have, uh, people have started to catch on to have seen the film and found it interesting. And, and it really truly shows how important 
of, of a topic this is to openly be discussing and having discussions, especially we see in hockey as well. And, and again, joining us right now is Rich Kloon, former National Predator, uh, Toronto Marlies as well, about his new documentary, Hi, My Name is Dickie. And so, Rich, looking at this too, the, the amount of time in Nashville, and we see in the film too, uh, Barry Trotz, Mike Fisher have yeah. a little bit of a yeah. role in that too. Just the connections you developed with, with those guys, how much did that help you in terms of sobriety and having their support as well? Because I know Nashville was kind of a place too where they were willing to support guys that are trying yeah. to make right decisions and, and move on with their lives in a positive manner. Yeah. I mean, I uh, looking back on my days with the Predators, it was honestly some of the best days I've ever had. And everyone in that organization is unbelievable at what they do from from the ownership um, down through David Poyle. And, you know, there's too many people to name. But I remember my first day in Nashville, um, Barry Trotz, just essentially, he didn't even call me into his office. We were standing by the coffee and he just said, hey, let's have a coffee. And we stood up and and right away, he just made me feel so um, just very, he just basically said, you know, I understand where you've been. I know where you're at now. Uh, I'm very familiar with alcoholics that are in recovery. And then he talked about Jordan Tutu and Brian McGratton and, and some other people that, that, he, that he had coached or, you know, were very influential in his life. And so within five minutes of meeting Barry, for him to, to go that deep and into me, A, I mean, just man-to-man, human-to-human, I, I, I clearly felt supported and welcomed and and seen. But then, you know, you go as far as a player coach. I mean, I think people can look back in some of those days with Nashville is the best hockey I've ever played. And a lot of it has to do with because of the connection I built with Barry right away. And I was just willing to go through a wall for him uh, physically, emotionally, you know, and I think he's had that impact on many players, but it takes a special, it takes a special person to be able to acknowledge those things. And, um, yeah, like I said, I, I have nothing but good things to say about my time in Nashville. I fell in love with the city. It was extremely difficult for me to leave, but, uh, I'm grateful for the time I had there. Well, I know you still have plenty of fans here in Nashville because we mentioned the name of <laughs> Bloon, and people just lighten up because of the personality and the type of positivity you expanded on people and the great one-liners as well from you too, just because great interviews, uh, because it's just a, be- a beacon of light, which is great to say too, because people need that. Personality is, is great in athletes and being open to sharing your experience is so important, um, especially because yeah. there's so many people that can relate to this that don't feel comfortable talking about the subject matter, but it's okay to talk about it. And I, we can't leave you without doing a lightning round because I know it's been a serious conversation, but I know Glenn had some questions because we can't let you go without yeah, a little man. bit Let's of have some fun, dicky dude. attitude. That's fun. <laughs> fun. Okay, lightning round, go. All right, Netflix All right. show or shows that you got into during quarantine? Ozark on Netflix. I was completely enamored and it can consume my mind for about seven days when I watched three seasons in seven days. Okay. It took me a little bit longer, but same. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Darlene. How about Darlene? Oh, Darlene is terrifying, Rich. She's the, she's the scariest. Yeah. Naturally. Uh, (laughs) She's my favorite character. Okay. Movies, comedy or horror? Wow. Uh, Horror. Okay. Driving, passenger or driver? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
I love to be driven. <laughs> you driving. You yeah, you know that movie Driving Miss Daisy. I always <laughs> you, say Driving Miss Daisy. I can Daisy. see it now. <laughs> That'll be your next film because you're you're in movies, you're doing everything. So, yeah. um, lastly, will Dallas ever erect a statue of you? <laughs> wow. Because I know Nashville you know did what? not honor that request. Now, but... you know you know what you're doing, right? Is like <laughs> you're 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 summoning the demon <laughs> and you're now you're you're awakening something that I just don't know if we need that. I'm stirring but the pot. But... <laughs> I will say I will say you know, no, that's never happened and uh who knows. <laughs> All Hopefully right. One day. Yeah, maybe one day. Well, before we yeah. let you go, Rich, um, Kyle Dubas said in the documentary that it's it's hard to place a value on what you bring to the organization in Toronto and how that how you lend yourself to other people, whether you're actively doing that or you're simply doing it through telling your story and making someone else feel comfortable and safe enough to tell their story. And this this myself included, I think you you impacted a lot of people in Nashville when you came and were so open and vulnerable. And I know that's a lot of the reason why the fan base here in Nashville felt so connected to you. Um, and that's not coming from a place of, of ego. It's more of just so much self-awareness that you have within yourself that you've impacted people's lives without realizing it. So we really do appreciate you coming on tonight, sharing your mind with us. Um, the film is brilliant. It's fantastically done. So where can people find more information on the film and where can they stream it? Um, right now they can stream it on iTunes, Apple TV, um, and they can purchase it there for rent or to own. And also um, a huge part of, of me making this film is I'd love to give back to, uh, you know, just different mental health and uh, addiction initiatives globally. So that's a huge part from myself and the filmmakers that portion of the streaming revenue will, will be donated to different um different charities and, and organizations in that front. And um, thank you for all the kind words you've said. Uh, you've really uh, brightened up my day just reminiscing on Nashville. And thanks a lot for having me on and for supporting the film. And I will catch you guys down the road. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rich. We really appreciate it. And just thank you for what you're doing. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you guys. Have a good night. You, you too. too. Folks, Rich Clune. you can follow him on Twitter at Rich Clune. Nice and simple there. But yes, iTunes, Apple TV, it's it's extremely affordable too. Please rent it, buy it. It's only it. a dollar more to buy it. Yeah. I bought it because watch you it. never know when you want to watch. Watch it. it. This is something yeah. that we've talked about plenty of times here about mental health and really focus on that too. Especially we see so many things that happen in junior hockey and how it sets up bad habits for players mm-hmm. and need an Alex. We've seen this happen. We've talked to folks from the Ontario Mental Health Association on this show that it is very important and vital, especially the times that we're living in. Have conversations. I, it's crucial. It's Last like, night, for me, I received a call from one a Preds fan that goes on our trips with us for Penalty Box Radio. Mm-hmm. He just called me. He was doing a status check because mm-hmm. he knows the situation, me being unemployed from my day job, mm-hmm. and just the situation that we've all been dealing with with the pandemic, it, it takes a toll on mental health. Even if you don't show it publicly, yep. it still takes a toll. And that meant a lot to me just to have a status yeah. check. Hey, just calling to see how you're doing. I want you just to hear my voice in. and hear your voice. It's better than a text sometimes, too, just to hear somebody's voice, yep. especially when you can't have face-to-face all the time. So just saying that, passing that along is check on someone. Yeah. If, if you haven't talked to them in a while, just give them a little quick ring. Even if it's just a voicemail that you have to leave, it's good to hear somebody else's voice at times. Yeah. Mental health is, is very important it to is. us. Yeah, and we, we try to talk about that as often as we can, and that's why it was awesome to have Rich come on the show and 
because he's just so well spoken and he's just so well he's so well developed and it's just it's very very powerful to hear somebody that's walked through all those phases in their life to Absolutely. where they are now. 